Welcome back to another episode of Dissecting Success. This week, we are meeting with Dr. Ken Keyes, PhD. He's a foremost global authority on behavioral assessment strategies and processes, an expert in leadership, purpose, and wellness. He has also authored over 4 million words of content, including 500 articles, four books, and a dozen assessments. Pretty incredible. Also, did you know that less than 10% of the population believe that they are living out their purpose and only 13% of the global workforce say that they are engaged? For Dr. Keyes, this is not acceptable. Ken's purpose is to help others to live, lead, and work on purpose. So let's dive in with a leading authority on success. Ever wonder what success actually means? How do you get it? And how do you keep it? We all want it, yet sometimes it feels only some of us get to have it. Hi, Teresa and Blair here. We are two badass entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, coaches, and business mentors who have had success, felt success, questioned our own success, and reclaimed it. Let's be real for a hot minute. 2020 has been a roller coaster ride, and many of us have started to wonder if they'll lose the things that made them successful. So we got curious, raw and real, about what success is truly about. Can you put it in a box? How can you get it? Can people take it away, or are you the one with the power? Does it mean the same to all of us, or are we the ones that create it? From PGA golf pros to doctors, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and spiritual mentors, we get together to meet with successful people from around the globe to dissect success through vibrant conversations and interviews. Make sure you click the subscribe button on the App Store because each week we will drop a new episode to bust through the myths around success and dissect its true meaning. Well, hello, Ken. Is it Ken Keys, Dr. Keys? Dr. Keys, Ken, Ken Keys. So, are you all three can work. You got the keys to success. Keys to success, which actually was a little name of a company that I had way back, and it was just said, "Oh, that's a bit hokey. Maybe we should get rid of that." <gasps> um, that's that awesome. So, why don't you tell us a little bit more about kind of your career? Like a doctor, you hear doctor, you think accomplished, academic you know, whatever field you're in. And success is this word that you associate with those extra letters at the end of your title, doctor. When's the most that you've felt successful? Like, let's talk about that. Well, uh, just a background. I actually grew up in the dairy farm. So am I the the most non-academic academic that you'll meet? And so I went from the dairy farm into, uh, and I work with my dad. So you think about entrepreneurship, it didn't last and it didn't go well. So family business, moving off of that. Then I worked for the Federal Department of Agriculture, had my own dairy farm, went into sales, was the number one sales performer, and then got into this industry in 1989, probably before you were born. Uh, It's just for fun, just smiling uh, in sales training. And so now this is uh, at the time of this recording, 32 years of doing this personal professional development. And my purpose in life is to help others to live, lead, and work on purpose and to help them to realize their potential. So that's the background before I get into your question. So which question would you like 
me to answer first. I want to know when you've felt the most successful and what does success mean to you? Let's talk about what it means to you and when you have felt like you've achieved that. Well, I think uh, my, my definitions are global. So if it applies to me, it's what I believe for others as well in terms of what we teach in that uh, most successful when uh, you're having meaning, but you're fulfilling your purpose. So if my purpose is to help others to realize their potential, when I felt most successful, and that's, I've never, there's not like a date, but um, just a couple of years ago, I was speaking at a conference in Dallas, a couple hundred people in the room. I've done 3000 paid presentations somewhere in the world over that time frame, And at the end of that, I just said, oh, I love this and the ability to kind of help them and, and encourage them. You know, our work is really around getting people to master their self-awareness or to create self-awareness that leads to self-management, that leads to self-mastery. And we take this holistic approach. So when I feel fulfilled is when I'm in that zone doing that. It's certainly not doing the admin at the business <laughs> or all the operations side. It's really just being out there and touching people or you know, if I'm working one-on-one -on -one as a coach and you guys are coaches as well, and these, the individual has an epiphany or a transformation, or you're able to kind of move them along the way, that's where you see that you are making a difference. And those are the cases or the situations where I feel most successful or also the most meaning. I think that's brilliant. Now, can we dive into the psychology behind success and what that means? Like, I mean, for you, you have this global definition. What were those feelings you had inside of you when you realized you achieved that success? Like you said, you loved what you were doing with the speaking. It's not necessarily the admin. Let's talk more about that and what, what's going on inside your head. Well, I wrote the book, The Quest for Purpose, which is now an e-course. And I went through a process in 1989 with a coach before people were into coaches, is that we believe that motivation is a myth, is that interest energize us, they draw us, they excite us. So when we think about sort of the background of psychology is that life is, can be hard work, but it shouldn't be a burden, right? And so how, how I manage that is to get out of these places that are a burden, moving into where I'm in the zone, where I'm uh, in the flow, whatever verb you want to use, it's, I, but I need to take responsibility to figure out what that is and how that happens. And so when we think about the psychology of success, I think it's more about the clarity of success. What applies to you? Most people don't know that they don't know that they don't know. There was a research study done about self-awareness and Dr. Tasha Yurk was on, you gotta get her on your show, she's amazing, New York Times bestseller. And she was on my show a couple of years ago and her research shows that 95% of people believe they know themselves. Then they interviewed their friends and the people that know them and said, how many, how many, what was the percentage of individuals where their definition of self was congruent with the people around them, similar, the same? It was only 10%. So 85% are delusional. They don't even know that they come across in a different way. So our job really, when we think about this whole psychology of success is to do the work to create the clarity. When Brendan Bouchard wrote the book on habits, what was the number one habit of high performers? Clarity. I know that I know that I know. And most people, interesting enough, are not willing to do the work to get to the clarity. I worked for six months with my coach. I knew I was supposed to speak, but I didn't know about what to who. And that's what's really led into you know, this purpose 
statement that I'm here to help others to live, lead, and work on purpose. So that's really the underpinning of it. And a lot of times people say, well, I need to kind of force myself to do it. You know what? If you have a, a hobby that you love doing, no, let's go golfing. Let's go or skiing or biking or whatever it is or hiking or whatever it is that you're doing in Whistler. I love that. And what really resonated for me from that is like, basically, once you find your clarity, that's kind of like the portal to you being able to work towards success. Now, how does that, I mean, you obviously put a lot of work in, um, like I love personal development. I'm always devo- developing myself. But for those listeners out there, what is a basic way that someone could start taking the steps towards becoming clear on their mission and their values? Well, there are many. And the word that we use or the statement we use in our work is that life leaves clues. And a lot of times when you say, uh, you know, what's your purpose in life? Well, the question's too big, right? It's just too enormous. So we have to chunk it down into little pieces. So if you think about the puzzle pieces that create this amazing picture of your life. So rather than try to figure it all out, start to figure out the things that are true for you. So if life leaves clues, I actually take people through an exercise of paying attention in, I think it's eight different categories. You know, what are the smells and the senses that you like uh, being around, like the mountains or the ocean or the snow or the tree, whatever. These are things, fragrances, flowers, music. What what kind of people do you like to do? What what is the work that really, when you're doing it, it just seems to be timeless, meaning, oh man, it's four o'clock already? Where did did that happen? And so you take and we get you to journal that and to pay attention to that. No negatives, no neutrals. Only those where it's exciting to you or energizing for, uh, for you. And then from there, you can start getting a clue of, well, what would a life look where I'm doing that? And the other thing, I mean, Anthony Robbins also ties, so sometimes you can go through the back door. What is it you don't like doing? <laughs> so, so no, that's not, all. so you, you can sometimes get to what you want to do by what you don't want to do. So make sure that you're not forcing yourself to do certain things. We, do, we believe in a strengths model. And so we produce psychological tools and assessments. We have 12 of them that we've produced. Our company's been around, as I mentioned, for 41 years, is we'll help you with your personality, your self-worth, your values, your learning style, all these things that bring clarity to kind of move forward. So you can also do assessments on this project and have other people give you your, or help you with your self-awareness through both journaling and the narrative side and the assessment side. I love that. I feel like I just want to stop interviewing you and start working with you right now. <laughs> well, we can. Like, and we're done. Go. Just kidding. <laughs> kidding. Oh man, I was I was excited for a no, moment. No, but now like just... maybe we will work together because I I'm always on this discovery, and I feel like, and I know maybe Teresa probably feels the same way about herself. But we are given these gifts of I feel like I know what my superpower is and what my purpose is, and when I do those things like speak on a podcast, inspire someone to make a change. I get that like surge that rush through my body of feeling mm-hmm. this level of endorphins, that feeling of success. And it's not a money. It's not like, obviously like when money gets dropped into my account from a client that feels good, but nothing mm-hmm. compares to the feeling of knowing I'm helping someone. And mm-hmm. so like they're both success in, but in a different way, like, yes, I can pay my bills with money, but like, my soul is fulfilled when I'm helping people. So I think that's, I like that exercise is so important. And, you know, like you're just saying that Anthony Robbins, Tony Robbins, you know, go the other way, things you don't like, you know, like what don't you like, right? Well, short story that almost I'm, I don't want to break an NDA, non-disclosure agreement, but I am, um, I'm part of a mergers and acquisitions team. So I help 
business owners uh, find buyers to, to exit well. So one of my colleagues had found a buyer for this fellow's business. He sold it for $750 million. The next year he was in severe depression. And part of the reason for that story is that he had all the success. When athletes get a gold medal at the Olympics, there's all kinds of trends that right after that is their most or their highest level of depression or feeling down because the goal is achieved. And so for us, our, our life is an active tense statement. We're always achieving. And it's not that we're trying to achieve to perform or achieving to feel fulfilled. So when you're talking about purpose, purpose is this overarching philosophy that is never done. It's always being done. Now it's being redefined. I mean, when I got in this industry, there wasn't even email. Can you believe it? And so now you have Zoom. I know it's funny. I commuted from the West Coast to the East Coast of North America for a year. On horse and carriage? With horse and carriage? Horse and carriage. Pretty close. Pretty close. A less business class and Canadian, which just doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, for Chrysler, and then we were developing a program for them. So we had to meet with the development team every week. I even remember the flight numbers because it was every week for a year. Flight 994 out, flight 993 back. Sunday night, back on oh, Fridays. Boy. And so you know, my wife was basically a single mom for those those years. So, so I mean, again, uh, our, our life is constantly evolving with different things like technology, uh, but I'm still trying to help others, right? Yeah, I think that's great. And you know what you said about those athletes, you know, they, they achieve that gold medal and then there's that state of depression or that business owner. It's really interesting because I'm someone who's like that. I'm chasing always the next goal. I'm a goal getter. I started working for Lululemon in my, you know, late teens. And I've been, I've been goal setting since, cause that was only a couple of years ago. Just kidding. And I was going to say, I was going to say I achieve a- maybe three, maybe. <laughs> yes. I age well. Um, it's the mountain air. It's, I, I achieve a goal and it's like this high of like, you get the goal and then it's like, well, now what? And this level of depression. And I know other people, other entrepreneurs, even like, it doesn't just happen in sports. It happens in business. You know, mm-hmm. I wrote a book. I was super pumped. I became a best-selling author for a week. I was like higher than high, happiest I've been in a long time. And then like a week later, I was kind of like, okay, now what's next? What's my next goal? And it's like, I couldn't mm-hmm. bask in that feeling of what was success because then my mind switched. So how do we how do we feel successful once we achieve those goals? How do we maintain that glow and that feeling of accomplishment? Do you have an answer? Well, I do. It's not uh, publicly talked about by many authors. And I, I have a, a chapter in my book, The Quest for Purpose, called Meaning Before Purpose or Meaning Before Career. Uh, I believe that we're spiritual beings having a physical experience. And uh, if you don't believe that, that's fine. But really, where do we get our meaning from and why are we here? What's your why? So goals are really just transactional. So, so you write your book, that's fine. But again, I go back to this purpose is that why are you here? And why are you here? And so we keep asking that question to say, what's this overarching sort of philosophy? And so the book then leads into, well, maybe I'm building an e-course or now I've got the podcast and it's evolving. Now, if I ever, quote unquote, retire, which I don't suspect that I will do, I will always be in some kind of helping profession. When I was a teenager, as you, Blair, I was asked to be an MC for most of, not most, but many of the organizations in town 
because we would bring energy. You've, you've been those awards where you had a terrible MC and they just ruined the evening. And so I was doing that then. Well, maybe I'll come back and do that uh, or give it another group or volunteer or do some uh, work in, um, in some kind of ministry or something like that where you're building homes or something they, like for Habitat for Humanity or whoever it is. So I think uh, that's where we keep plugged in. And also, we're already talking about it, Blair and Teresa, is if you know that's going to happen, then what is the next one? Have you anticipated it? Have you said, okay, when I'm done this one, what, what is next? Uh, one of my colleagues, uh, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, number one executive coach in the world, now retired, his, most of his work was around CEOs that were retiring. So I operate this billion-dollar company. I'm not an entrepreneur, but same thing. What do I do next? I've had this status. I'm the CEO of this Fortune 500 company, and now zippity doo What What is it? What am I doing? The other one is a lot of times people get their meaning from their work, their title, what they do versus who they are. And that, that is important to say that my personhood, I'm valuable as a person, not because I have this title or, uh, so you were, you were joking earlier, Blair, about my PhD. Well, my family members who grew up on the farm and we don't always get along perfectly well, but they said, we're never calling you doctor. And so, and that was because that's just, they have me plugged into where I was 35 years ago on the farm. So we go and we grab, uh, not grab, but work with other individuals that support us. That's why your partnership, Teresa and Blair work, because you have, are like-minded. There's an energy that's to, uh, togetherness that's helpful to both of you. Well, that's great. And we all should seek that. You know, it's so funny you said that about, you know, your, 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 you grew up on the farm and like, you know, your, your family or your friends or whatever, you know, don't want to refer to you as doctor. And it's, you know, there's the people who identify with their career and then who they are. And it's so funny because I am Blair and I know that. And I keep forgetting that I, I mean, I don't forget I wrote a book, but I don't wake up every day and look in the mirror and be like, you're a best-selling author. And so there's been times where I'm in town, like I'm in Pemberton town of 2,500 plus. And um, this one person came up to me and they're like, oh my God, you wrote a book. And they were so excited. And like, I came home and like my shirt was inside out and there was a sriracha stain and I wasn't wearing makeup. I was like, that is so funny. I just had like a, a conversation with someone about my professional career success, probably my career highlight mm -hmm. to date. And I looked like I... I just looked that I just, I mean, I looked like I didn't give a fucking, like, I just didn't care. Like I was like a slob. And I mean, I am a slob. I mean, you can't see this if you're listening, but I mean, even if you can see this, I'm not a full slob today, but for me, regardless of if I'm wearing a blazer or my hair is done or not, or I'm wearing an inside out shirt covered in sriracha, I'm still me. And then I have this like, you guys have been hanging out in Whistler. I get yeah, it. It's but just this, chill. The, the, just but then there's the like imposter syndrome. I'm like, yeah, I feel like a fraud. Like I wrote this book. I'm a bestseller, but like my shirt's inside out and I'm covered in a stain. And who am I to write a book? And, you know, this battle of like, I know what I did was successful, but was it really me who did it? Or am I really that person? Anyways, I go into well, this. You like actually bring up a very, very important point. You were talking about the psychology of success. Many, many people, myself included, where you said, am I even worthy of this? And worthiness really comes, my family of origin, it wasn't really a positive one. It wasn't negative, but it certainly wasn't building. There was no positive statements, Ken, well done. It was only a critical nature spirit. 
So my self-worth really sucked in high school, probably even college a little bit as well. You know, even to the point of being thinking suicidal thoughts because you just so who wants to be here, right? That hopelessness. So part of the work that we need all need to do is that every single person listening to this is valuable. Every single person listening to this has a purpose. If you don't know what your purpose is, then your purpose is to find your purpose. Don't freak out about it. Just do the work. I spent six months with my coach just going through it. And it's been a continuum of iterative nature for 32 years of fine tuning that and adding some things, taking some things away. Just don't worry about it, but do something about it. Don't sit around and wait for it to come to you because it's not going to happen. You actually have to invest in yourself, do the work. You know, when Gallup came out with the study about four years ago about, you know, global work engagement, 87% of the global workforce doesn't like what they're doing from mildly irritate to loathe. It's only 13%. There, it's about 29% in Canada and the US, which is the highest. You get into some of the Asian countries, it's like single digits, like 5% of the population even care about their work. Well, that's a miserable thing. Now, I'm not saying you should do this from a self-centered point of view. In one of the words I use, you do it from a self-honoring point of view. When you get and do what you love and you enjoy, you have the highest level of contribution. So I got up one morning, I had my own dairy farm, but I also had uh, the sales training company. And I asked myself this question, the sun's coming up, it's 5.30 in the morning. I says, if I'm standing here in this exact spot, 20 years from now, is that, is that okay? And I said, absolutely not. And so if it's not, then what are you going to do? Where are you going to move to? Now, don't quit your job because Blair, Teresa, and Ken said to do it. No, just be use your current position, even though you might not be happy, as a point of strength and foundation to move towards where you want to go. And so the best time to get a job or start a business is when you have a job or you have a business, not when you're kind of in this vacant uh, vacuum. So you, from there, you can start moving towards doing the work, get the coaches, get the help, get the advisors and start moving towards this clarity of what do I really, really want to do. And if you only focus on, I don't know, well, then that's what you're going to get out of it. So just say, well, what do I know? And then start, do, that's why I built the, the system. It's now this e-course, you know, the quest for purpose is you get this whole framework and we do have a gift for people today. We don't want to forget that because that's going to happen. And of course you're recording this, but you, if you're in audio, you don't see, I'm holding up my book cover uh, where you we take you through a step-by-step -step process so that you understand it. So it's this roadmap, but again, are you willing to do, you know, three or four months worth of work and clarity so that you can come out of this place on the other side and just rock it. I really love Ken, how you tie the success and the quest for purpose back to clarity and awareness and how those are two things that I find are so accessible to people if they're willing to pause long enough to look in and actually see it, right? Like that's when you were talking and, and both and you, same with you, Blair, like sharing this experience of always rushing to the next. It's almost like we're rushing. We're going so fast. We're missing those moments in between where we have this opportunity to check in and be like, do I still want to be here right now, whether that's in our careers or with whatever we're doing? And then when you get that glimmer of awareness and clarity mm. to act on it, rather than to just shove it back in a drawer and be like, oh, actually not sure about this. 
Um, so powerful. I love that you shared that. Well, thank you. And the, the other thing that happens is the shiny object disease is real. There's just so much stuff and you can get sucked into the social media uh, hole real quick. And, you know, all of a sudden you've consumed two or three or four hours. Hey, I, it's true for me at different times too. Uh, I'm not going to beat myself up for those, but how can I have you, we all have time to be able to kind of focus but this ADHD kind of society, or the other one is this impatience, this microwave kind of thing. Okay, Teresa, I'm, I'm going to hire you to be a coach. And 15 minutes later, how come we haven't figured it out yet? Well, hello. So, you know, everybody talks about mindfulness. And there was a study done at UBC that proved with even uh, students at grade nine, that mindfulness helps their success in life, in their grades and just their comfort. You know, people have anxiety disorder, they have uh, antidepressants are the highest in um, North America. Hello, why is that? Because we just really, we're, we're chasing, we're chasing, we're chasing. Now, I'm not perfect. And all of us will have days where you say, oh man, this isn't really working. But how can I have the majority of what I'm doing just really be in this zone where I'm serving with what I'm supposed to do? And there's, you know, when we talk about judgment, there should be no judgment about your choice. If you want to be the best carpenter, the best podcast host, the best crane operator in the world, who cares? You know, if that's what you're supposed to be doing. Now, there's a lot of social pressures because my wife used to be an academic coach in university for people to go down certain paths. Teresa, you're not going to start a podcast. You know, like what's, what's that about? How do you even make any money there? I remember my son was like, 12 years old. And my aunt asked the question, what are you going to do when you grow up? She says, I think I'm going to have my own band. And she says to him, what are you going to do for a real job? Well, I almost pounded my 80 year old aunt and said, what are you doing? Saying that you ask the question, he answers honestly. And he, he was on a, a worship team for a while. And so he still enjoys music, but it's not his profession. And so sometimes we can um, enjoy our passions as the recreational side. Uh, and one of the things that's interesting in my uh, book was I have 13 different categories in life that we get people to bring clarity to. It's more than many of the other ones do. Interesting enough, not one of those is actually your work. So uh, work is actually a separate thing I set aside. All these other factors like your family, your friends, your health, what are you doing for self? What are you doing for your sort of fiscal kind of overarching side? What's your public policy? So people don't have that, meaning... Are you engaged in your community? What do you, what do you believe in in those kinds of areas? What's your vision? And I get people to make micro vision statements in each one of these areas that, that really sort of starts kind of like a, a North Star or a guiding light or a philosophy of what I believe in these different areas, your health and wellness, uh, whatever else I've sort of forgotten in that short period. But And then career really comes out of it. And the other one is career is a misnomer today in today's society because 50% of people will never are contract jobs. So I'm an expert or I have expertise that I have to bear into the marketplace and I continue to develop that expertise and it goes where it needs to go at that time rather than I'm gonna get this job and be in it for 20 years, which basically isn't gonna happen anymore. Yeah, no, I think that's, those are some great points. And you talked a lot about your books. So before we wrap up, let's talk about two things. One, where can people get your book? What is this free gift you're talking about? Let's dive into that. Well, I'm actually going to give you my full, the Quest for Purpose book, ebook, 
as a gift for listening to Teresa and Blair's podcast and myself today. And you'll go to my uh, speaker site, which is KenKeys, K-E-N-K-E-I-S dot com slash dissecting success. I don't even know where I got that name from. So we'll make sure that it's in the show notes and you have it. You'll be able to download the full book and have access to it. And then you have questions or if you want to upgrade to the e-course, then obviously those are available to you where I take you on a guided tour through video segments on each part of the book as we go through it from mindset to character traits to meaning to uh, what's most important to you to your master life purpose to your passions to your importance to setting plans and goals for your life. I, I think that's brilliant. So thank you so much for your generosity. And I'm so excited for our listeners to dive into your book. I'm excited to dive into your book. Um, and just to learn, like this, this conversation is going to wrap up soon, but I feel like I can talk to you for hours. I just, this, this is the reason Teresa and I started dissecting success because these conversations have a mind of their own. And I think it's just so brilliant. Um, and I'm going to wrap up with a final question, but Teresa, you might have something you want to add or. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think one thing that I've, you know, realized even through, you know, this journey, just with this podcast is that every guest that's been coming on and our conversations, the depth of this topic around success and all the layers, they're so deep, but then there's mm. also this, you know, there, there is a transparency, like there is a, or not transparency, there is like a red line that runs through all of them in the sense that, and I sort of got that from your message too, the journey, how we feel along our path to whatever the success, right? The goal is in the end, there seems to be a weight and an importance in that. And I just, I just love that. Mm. But as we wrap up, maybe I'll just ask that last question there, Blair, is really, you know, you've shared so much. You've shared so many golden nuggets. I'm so incredibly excited for our readers to get their hands on your ebook. But if you could just give one, one piece of advice to people that are on their path to success, what would that one thing be? Well, I'm, I'm going to break the rules and like have one and a half. So uh, first of all, I said earlier that everybody has a purpose. So you, you don't have to question that. And we've already talked about that. The other one is you have to be very, very careful that when you choose your own path, not everybody wants to come along with you. Not everybody's going to be supportive. And uh, in grade nine, my English teacher said, Ken, you're never going to amount to anything. Well, it was discovered when I did my master's degree. I, I'm dyslexic. No way you would have ever convinced me that I would be a writer of 4 million words of content now and, uh, and then have my doctorate. Are you kidding? That this that was even in my 20s would have never fathomed that. So I make a statement. Every single person has an opinion about what you're doing, but very few people have wisdom. And so make sure that your counsel is from an inner group that is gonna support you, not people who are gonna drag you down or take you off and, and hinder where you're supposed to go. Love them, but you might have to leave them in terms of including them in your personal journey. It's okay, they're still family, but I'm not telling them what I do or don't do now as part of it. And for the listeners, just do yourself a service there. Don't be self-centered, still get advice or coaches like Blair or Teresa, but make sure you be very careful that everybody will have this opinion, but very few people have wisdom and only you can live your life. They can't live it for you. I think that's brilliant and such good advice. You know, 
Like, would you go to a hairdresser that has a bad haircut? <laughs> you know, like if you need advice from non, you know, you need advice because you're starting a specific journey. You go to people with that experience. And that's why people like you exist, Ken and Teresa and, you know, me, you know, we all have our different expertise. And I think that's so valuable. And it's true. Not everyone's going to want to walk on your path, but the right people are going to be alongside with you, cheering you on. And they're going to be at those mm -hmm. little finish marks, those little breaks you take when you need to accomplish something, cheering you on and they're going to be there for you. So thank you so much for joining us on Dissecting Success. And with that, have an awesome day. That's a wrap for another episode of Dissecting Success. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to subscribe to Blair Kaplan Venables and Teresa Lambert's podcast, Dissecting Success on the App Store. And follow us on Instagram at Teresa Lambert Coaching and Blair from Blairland to stay up to date on our latest episodes, badass offers, and more.